0: Welcome to Shed Life. Hello, everyone. Today we're joined by software developer and data scientist Jagdish. He's uh, been working in the UK for a number of years, and he is originally from India. How are you today, Jagdish? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Very good, very good. Um, So let's get straight into it. Um, you're basically a data scientist. You've got a lot of um, technical computing background. Uh, for the most people, who may not know what data science is. Why don't you just give us a nice little introduction to that?
1: Uh, data science is a field where we use like the scientific methods so, and processes, processes like uh, the statistics algorithms to extract insights from many uh structured and unstructured data like uh, uh how say you uh, have lot of data in this world like uh, like uh, without analyzing it uh, like it is meaningless so data science gives an option for us to analyze it get meaningful data derived from it so The process can be like, uh, can involve uh, like understanding the problem. First of all, like, uh, you have a lot of data, but uh, what kind of problem you'll be solving with that data is the basic question. So, we need to have a problem statement uh, and then uh, we start gathering related information, related information, and uh, like, uh, we'll search for data where it can be. Uh, where and how it can be acquired, and then we'll start uh, uh, that unstructured or structured data which we have, and then we'll uh, look into like, whether there are any errors in the data. So after, like the process generally go, go goes like this: like we get the data and look for like whether in, there is any uh, errors in the data. We'll just clean the data and then uh, do some uh, explore, uh, exploratory analysis like uh, uh, how uh, data varies with respect to different features like different aspects and then uh, we build a model uh, using that uh, data and then uh, predict the outcome
0: okay um, all right so that was obviously quite a technical um, introduction that's um, fair play that's where your mindset is I'm just going to break this down to um, maybe three, three significant points in terms of what we previously used um, or what previously data analysts and statisticians, et cetera, used to use compared to maybe nowadays what data scientists use. So the first thing you mentioned, I think using old school method of databases compared to big data now is simple. You had less data, right? You had a lot more finite amount of data. Where you could fit into a into a spreadsheet or a database compared to now, where there's a much more data. Okay, so I'm assuming that's that's point one. I mean, that's where the word big data comes from. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, I'm correct. That,
1: yeah, yeah, like initially, uh, like uh, big data, we can simply put it like this: like uh, whatever data we cannot store in one system has to be stored. Uh, like, uh, uh, it has to be stored. Across multiple systems, so for getting that, like uh, if I say like uh, we have like uh, some petabytes of data, but my uh, current system is like one TB, one terabyte. It can hold one terabyte of data. Where well, how can I store like uh, this one petabyte of data? So I need several systems, right? So this is like this is how like uh, the big data ca- came into picture, where we will be. Um, using uh, distributed systems the data and then uh, get uh, when we query it we uh, get all the data from all the systems like uh, like whatever required data from all the systems and then reduce and give it to a uh, give it to the user so this is uh, this is the this is called big data
0: sure perfect yeah that makes sense and then um i guess the other two points i was trying to signify in comparison uh The old school, again, call it old school, obviously still very much in use, but um, the older method that we're talking about structured data, usually in terms of databases and spreadsheets, uh, compared to now using data science, you'd usually get, I'm assuming unstructured or semi-structured, I believe. Um,
1: Yeah the structured uh if you see like uh we can say, data is structured when you have like when well defined columns like okay uh if you take the a banking application you can see like name of the person in one column a balance of the one person in one column uh, and uh, a credit of the, a credit of that person in one column but uh, the, uh if you see uh like this is one kind of data we can gather but there is another kind of data like where we can uh, get it from Facebook, something like that, like where person interaction, all those things, which is not categorized into any part. So we'll just have to deal with that data, like how to extract meaningful information from that unstructured data.
0: I think there's something so in there with metadata, can... right? It's a lot of metadata yeah. as well, which comes flows through. Yeah. Awesome, and uh, I guess the last significant significant difference we're looking at is. know what used to be basic business intelligence tools um you know being used to do all this analysis work and now it's kind of um you're exploring a more granular level The you know the big data we're talking about you're trying to understand these behaviors and trends and i guess the tooling has completely changed around it as well because you have to be able to as you mentioned earlier during the processing of it uh, data cleaning data mining data exploration all this requires much more. yeah, deep-diving tools, I'm
1: guessing. Yes, like, there are many, like, if you, if we, if, like, for for a data science, uh, for for a person to be called as data scientist, like, he has to be aware of, like, how to extract data from different resources. Like, it can be stored in uh, different uh, databases, or it can be uh, from different websites where he can scrape it. Uh, he has to know, like uh, he has to know, uh, like how to get data from different resources. For example, uh, like one te- one such kind of technology using big data is Hive, where uh, it uses Hive query language it for uh, uh, gathering all data from different uh, distributed systems.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, uh, one question I had. I mean, we're talking about user generated data, and this this makes up. The bulk of big data now because as you said it's not it's so it is unstructured it's not structured in table format like your name your address or your phone number whatever it is it's it's all the stuff you're doing online for example on social media or shopping sites or you know netflix amazon this that, and the other and it's collecting all your user generated data um, and that falls into two categories your implicit data and your explicit data now what's in your opinion the sort of moral and ethical issues surrounding um, maybe people and companies utilizing this data, especially the implicit data, where it's not user-generated. If that makes sense, it's not you inputting something uh, directly into that category.
1: Like uh, we can, we can have it. Like we can uh, say it, say this in two ways. One, like you can collect you you the companies collect information. Uh, Uh, like uh, uh, the usability information, uh, how you use their site, everything. I I feel this is okay because like by gathering those information, they are able to provide you, uh, they are able to serve you much better than before. Like uh, uh, they they know you are facing this difficulty while using a particular site. They can update it uh, in future or uh, they they wanted uh, uh, like for for... Or for example, like uh, you need a particular product, but you are not able to find it, Uh, but uh, there are similar products, Uh, they can uh, tell you, uh, like they can inform you and then you can uh, just go check it out. This is kind of like, okay, but like uh, there are, uh, what I could say is that like there is also like an unethical practice going on, like uh, where they collect information and then try to sell it for, sell it and uh, try sell your information and for example consider a situation where uh, uh, you are uh, uh, you are neutral uh, you have any particular circumstances but uh, because of the data collected by the um, organized organization they try to manipulate you uh, uh, towards their opinion so that is called. That is, I think it is little bit of unethical practice. Apart from that, collecting data for improvising the business, like um, improvising the site or uh, showing like uh, the recommendations, I think it is fine.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean because I guess, like we said, mentions of recommended buying products from Amazon, for example, of you know, recommended viewing activity, uh, recommended. Uh, uh, sitcom, uh, series or movies to watch based on your viewing activity on a Netflix. All that I guess is using it in um well, what you could say is maybe in an okay manner, right? It's not really breaking any ethical boundaries. It's trying to Im- uh, improve your sort of um, your 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 living, I guess. But yeah, there are definitely um, definitely examples out there of unethical uses of this data and this new system. So. Yeah, it's interesting to know if there are any, what the main sort of stop gaps are to try and prevent this and um, to slow it down, if anything, Um, because it is obviously a a relatively new field. um, And it obviously isn't going to be regulated as much at the moment. So I'm wondering what kind of is out there maybe currently trying to stop all this or prevent some of it happening. So uh, there is like uh, the
1: laws everything that is coming up reason, recently to avoid these kind of behaviors like unethical usage of data. so every person ha, like they have an option to like go check their privacy uh, settings like how uh, how the data is collected and how uh, the data can data is being used like uh, every person can go check the terms and condition uh, with respect to like uh, what is happening with their data and they can opt in or opt out of it.
0: I mean, a lot of people won't even, they're realistically won't read through the terms and conditions, do you know what I mean? Because they're quite long and they're basically the small print, do you know what I mean? On a website, if you're quickly going on a website to maybe purchase something or research something, before you know it, you've, you may have typed something in um, and then you're going on other sites which capture these and form them into adverts. You have suddenly got these adverts following you around and all the other pages just, you know, because you're obviously not going to go into the terms and conditions or the cookies straight away. Um, so, yeah, it seems a bit flawed in that
1: sense, doesn't it? Yeah, like, but uh, the responsibility has to be taken from both the ends where the user, when he's using it, he has to, like, like uh, he knows, like, he's getting valuable information from the site, but uh, before, like, uh, getting into it, like, he has to know, like, what is giving, what is giving it out. Because for any business, uh, 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 they have to monetize, uh, monetize, uh, the, uh, monetize their business.
0: Yeah, no, so, I get what you mean. Yeah, it does make complete sense to be honest. And you're right. The responsibility definitely lies on both parties. Um, but there are obviously examples of kind of sneakiness from maybe industry sides to, um, to get around consumers like this um all right well let's move on a bit Let, let's talk about some of this research you've been doing um and some of the you know current applications in society of data science i guess and its subsets um so i know i know you have um, been working on a few different sort of projects and uh, you can maybe explain some of them to us based around um i think you talked about credit card fraud and uh housing price predictions and um yeah let's let's start
1: with that let's hear some of that from you if you don't mind yeah uh data science recently i have been worked uh, working on few projects like uh some of them are like fraud detection or uh, i can say like lead scoring all those things like data science can be used in these projects to determine uh to predict the outcome future outcome so in case of credit card fraud detection uh like by, Banks always want to detect a uh, 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 defraud transactions. so if we if they are able to detect a fraud transaction earlier itself, they will be saving millions of pounds. So here we can use like uh, data science practices uh, to predict like whether the transaction is a fraud transaction or non-fraud transaction so basically how, what happens like what happens is like uh, uh, we can uh, in uh, from like uh, in this you understood the problem statement right like we have to currently we have to predict uh, fraud transaction or not fraud transaction yeah. and by doing yeah. this banks can save like millions of uh, uh, pounds uh, and also like uh, uh, hassles f- for the customers like they can uh, uh avoid the hassles that the customer has to face sure so uh, so data uh to to help this like uh to detect uh the fraud detection uh uh, uh not fraud, det- not fraud transaction we can use data science practices like uh, how we do it is we uh generally take the data uh like uh from different uh, vendors uh, uh like different banks and then uh, we uh, like check the data like uh, what is the pattern uh, uh how the data how clean the data is everything initially and then we check for patterns like how uh, how it varies like uh, from um, for example uh we'll do an exploratory analysis like uh, we, there are two kinds of analysis like uh univariate and bivariate analysis like how, uh, like uh, the fraudulent? Uh, how it the how amount varies with respect to fraudulent and non-fraudulent cases, and uh, uh, we'll check out like uh, how it depends on other factors as well. So we do this kind of analysis.
0: Uh, just just and to jump in, there, Jagdish, sorry, um, yeah. could you explain the difference between the uh, um, bivariate data and uh, was it univariate data?
1: yeah uh, bivariate data is like uh, uh in the like univariate data uh in, for example we have a data uh, we have collected the raw data and we need to know like how much uh, how many uh, how many how many transactions we have and what is the range of transaction uh range of amount for the particular transactions uh so we can like we will be uh, choosing a particular column and we'll be analyzing a particular feature, Uh, like how it varies, what is the minimum and uh, maximum uh, uh, range of amount uh, during the transaction, what is the mean of the transaction, uh, what is the mode of the transaction, we'll be doing that kind of analysis. And uh, bivariate analysis is how this amount varies with respect to that feature. So for example, uh, the location, uh The if I consider a person from Bangalore is uh, uh, tra- doing transaction for this um, uh, this much of um, amount. A uh, person from London is doing a, a transaction for this much of amount, and uh, how it varies regularly, like uh, even pattern as well. Uh, sometimes, so we can we'll be doing that kind of analysis between two columns. Variate analysis.
0: Awesome, awesome. So you're just going through the um, process that you use for the data science. You said you had the, the problem statement or the business requirement, and then you go to sort of data acquisition or data mining, I believe it's called, where you gather all this data from um, yeah. various sources and, and that is your kind of big data because that is a stream an influx of you know, millions and millions of more than that probably amount of data which is out there. Um, yeah. And then you proceed then- to process it or clean it, is that what you said? yeah clean the data so i i, I, I was reading about the, the the processing of this data and the cleaning of it and how sort of rigorous and strenuous it, uh, and time consuming it is um so when you have uh, such a pool a vast pool of that much data which you need to sort of clean and process before you can look into it and start exploring it um what actually goes into that how how can you do that obviously it's not human intervention because the Amount is so vast, but how how does the machine or how do you program this machine to actually look into that and clean it and find and spot the sort of you know the errors in that data or the unnecessary data or the you know whatever that may be?
1: Like, uh, it depends, uh, like, uh, uh for, it depends with respect to data itself. Like, uh, for example, some data, um, uh, will have like uh, like uh, empty columns empty uh empty fields so the that might be affecting the model as well so we need we might have to like fill the empty columns or we have to remove those em, uh, like data uh rows which has empty columns so the it depends like how how we fill that data like uh, we'll use the you will we'll use uh, different algorithms like uh, KNN algorithms where uh, it will i uh, try to identify the nearest match uh, to that uh, field and then fill it with that uh, something like that so when the we, we can see there there might be typos as well in the data like uh, the same com- for example if we take uh, uh, one company name it can have like uh, it can be seen with different names like different names in the sense it it might be typos extra c in it all those things so first we we'll look at the data as a whole and try to check what kind of errors are possible and we'll try to like clean it slowly so this is the most important task in the data model building process like uh, uh we need to have like good quality data so we'll we'll have a Look at the data and uh, gather like uh, a few insights, like what kind of term might be missing and what typos will be having those kind of uh, analysis will be going and then we'll be coding it uh, in the in Python or R. like or we can code it in the Python to replace those data or computer the nearest neighbors everything.
0: Okay, cool. So, all right, so we've done the data, data exploration. You, you, you said there's some, some sort of modeling which takes place uh, now yeah. when, you, um, when you code all this data together or whatever. Um, so how, how does this vary between fields? Is this sort of a standard approach you take for, like you said, the research examples we gave at the start, credit card fraud, for example, and housing price prediction and, you yeah. know, leads, lead scoring you mentioned. Um, how does this vary from industry to industry, or is it pretty much a set? set field set method Sorry.
1: so it uh, we can say how it varies with respect to the kind of problems like uh, uh, for example in the credit credit card uh, we need to uh, determine whether this is fraudulent case or non-fraudulent case so this is basically a classification problem so uh, what we do here is like we need to decide between two outcomes which is true which is false, so we can use uh, algorithms like uh, logistic algorithms, uh, or uh, random forest, tree, uh, tree or random forest algorithms, uh, and can uh, algorithm. Uh, we can use any of the classification algorithms uh, to solve this kind of problem. What basically it does is like uh, it will train the mod. It it will train the algorithm with. Uh, whatever data we have uh like uh, uh and then uh, we, uh, and then we will be testing it out uh with the test data so when we give the test data whether it is predicting the right outcome or not and we if, and we'll be checking the accuracy uh, accuracy precision and uh, the recall of the model based on that we can decide whether this model is uh giving out the accurate predictions or not and uh, every time we might not get uh like uh, the outcome that we want but uh, we can dis- choose between like uh, for example here uh we need to identify fraudulent cases then uh, missing uh, like we can we need to 100 percent identify fraudulent cases uh even though I, Taking into consideration, like uh, um, uh, saying fraudulent uh, non-fraudulent cases as non-fraudulent case is.
0: Okay, um, you know, just going back uh, briefly to um, uh, the statement you said at the start of this was uh, classification. Uh, you're looking for a yes and a no, basically. Um, but how? how easy is it to sort of know at this stage of the the data science process whether a case is or a, some of the data is fraudulent and non-fraudulent what if you're sort of unsure you're in the middle you know uh, is there any sort of like a threshold of um amounts you basically include and say everything you know in this threshold is yes it's fraudulent everything below it is no for example or do you do you sort of amend the algorithms to 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 sort
1: of account for this data yeah there, there are algorithms already that has been like well defined now but uh like uh there are still scope to improve it uh, there are still there are a lot of scope to improve it like currently even though if you get 98 percent like if you are able to detect 98 percent of fraudulent cases and uh and there is an increase of 1% you can say millions of pounds like the if you are missing two even 1% increase in current situation 1% increase in uh, recall rate or uh, like one correct prediction uh, you can we can save like a hundred, uh, hundreds of millions of pounds so there are still scope for improvement this is still a big bigger like the the market is big to find like a accurate uh, accurate uh 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 accurately like uh how, how oh
0: yeah i get i get what you're saying i think i get what you're trying to say um you know just sticking on models for one last question we um we Sorry, I was reading something about data slicing and how that sort of um, kind of splits the data uh into into test testing testing um the data used for testing your model and the data used for training your model. Uh how is this sort of implemented in a sort of current day example? Maybe moving on to the housing price uh, housing price example, maybe.
1: Yeah, like uh, currently the problem uh, uh we have is like uh, there might be. Uh, I will just take the credit card example itself before moving to the housing price. Sure. In, for example, the non-fraudulent cases, uh, like uh, non-fraudulent cases, are much higher compared to the fraudulent cases. For example, if you take one lakh, one lakh uh, uh, rows of data, in that only 400 column, 400 rows will be like uh, pertaining to the fraudulent cases. So, this is, uh, and if you build a model on top of this kind of data, you can see like even though the model is not able to determine uh, the uh, fraudulent cases, it will say like 99 percentage, uh, the model accuracy is 99 percentage. So, uh, here is a problem like uh, it's not verified. But you can see accuracy is 99 percentage, because all are uh, out of one lakh One lakh rows, like. Uh, uh, um, so just
0: uh, just just to um, just to um, uh, <laughs> just just to make sure the, the the listeners understand what you're saying. When you say one lakh rows, um, just translate that. Obviously, point um, uh, one million. Point uh, one million. Okay, thanks. <laughs>
1: so out of uh, out of 1 lakh rows only four of columns are uh, like fraudulent cases so if we test against the, uh, test against this data like you can see 99.9 uh, 99.5% is the accuracy we get so what we can do to avoid this kind of class imbalance is like uh, we can take a subset we can take all the 400 rows of uh, fraudulent cases we can take uh, Uh, 400 cases uh, of uh, non fraudulent cases and then build a model with this and then uh, so uh, like both are equal Uh, but this in this we lose lot of data how uh, like uh, out of uh, one lakh 0.1 million uh, rows we just using 800 rows so we are losing lot of data so this is to avoid this, we can do like oversampling, like we can uh, do, uh, you can uh, duplicate this 400 rows into like uh, uh, thousands of rows or something like that. So, this is, uh, or uh, like we can uh, calculate the nearest neighbors, like uh, we can uh, fill those, uh, uh, de- uh, we can uh, add more car- uh, rows into the de- uh, data with the uh, nearest neighbors, something like that. Uh-huh. And split the data into test and uh, train data. We train it on, uh, we train the model on train data and then test it, test uh, outcome of the model on test data.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so looking at data science now, um, it actually is a large field which encompasses various different subsets, right? So um, the largest one being, I think, potentially AI, artificial intelligence. Then we have a machine learning as another subset of that and uh, something called deep learning. Um, Could you give us a brief sort of um, understanding of what these different subsets are and how it all wrangles together to to create a a field of data science?
1: Yeah, in machine learning, uh, what we do is like, we uh, check the data, like uh, we try to understand the data uh, uh we and then we try to build a model like uh we'll try to uh, select the features number of features we need for building the model and then build the model but in deep learning what it does is it will train uh like it will try to get the features it will try to extract the features that it required to train the model so in deep learning uh there there won't be much of manual intervention with respect to like uh, data uh, extraction and uh, 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 data extraction cleaning uh, all those things the deep learning algorithm itself like does it like it, it uh, for example we can u- use deep learning for like image uh, face detection everything so it can uh, extract uh, features from the page uh, from the image uh, by itself And then uh, you use that uh, features for uh, um, getting meaningful insights. So deep learning does all this by itself, but many uh, machine learning doesn't do that. Like in machine learning, manual intervention is required to collect the data and then give it to the model, uh, algorithm to train it. Uh, Whereas if you consider AI, AI is like... it doesn't have the data it requires right now, uh, but uh, we the algorithm is such that it will learn learn uh, uh, as it goes. For example, today uh, we for example we consider an algorithm uh, where uh, it has to learn a language. Today it learns two words, and then tomorrow it learns it It gets to know another uh, new word. It will incorporate that data into uh, the model and retrain it and then uh, give the output. So always in AI, it will be like retraining the model with the new data.
0: That's really interesting. I mean, this stuff on AI, obviously, looking to the future, there, there's so much sort of possibilities that this could sort of go to. Um, There's one sort of potential danger just listening to it on the surface. So if you have these, you know, digital super intelligent beings or whatever, or being so symbiotic with humans, what are the dangers surrounding that? Because you said that they haven't got data, they're learning and picking up uh, almost knowledge as they're going on. And that, uh, that sort of conveys into their behaviors and their processes. So what are the, the dangers of, of them potentially, or, or the likelihood even uh, of them picking up Potentially negative human behaviors, and then reenacting some of these. You know, what I mean, if you're in close contact with humans and you're suddenly picking up um, maybe not all, you know, good processes and all that, what what's the danger surrounding that? Or the likelihood of something that something like this could happen? Or is it really not that advanced at the moment?
1: At the moment, it is not that advanced, but it it can go. It can be it can it is a possi- it can be a possible behavior like uh, where uh, the the um, uh, model gets trained on the negative behavior and then uh, in such situ- like consider a robot uh, it is continuously getting trained uh, based on the inputs it is getting if it is continuously getting the negative experiences like it will uh, uh, it will get trained on those negative experiences and it will think like it has to react like this in a negative way then the positive way Uh, like it's just like normal human behavior like we continue like we are what we are trained from uh, from our childhood from like what whatever we have been uh, experiencing so similar to that even in um, uh, the AI field like uh, that is a possibility where uh, uh, it can get trained with the negative experiences and then uh, it can be possible um, it can cause possible harmful effects to the human but it it is still it has to go go along we have to go along to achieve these things and uh, we have to look into these things
0: absolutely i mean so we're saying that the the possibility for that ever to occur you know if the technology and once the technology is ready it's definitely a possibility is there and is really quite stark and dangerous if you think about it Uh, the fact that it can pick up behaviors and knowledge and processes and ways of doing things just from being you know learning from its um uh, human counterpart etc so yeah it's it's, um it's very interesting because it's got obviously a load of benefits to it like loads obviously the few you know small percent of downsides which we um maybe fathom at the moment really uh that really puts an interesting twist on it. So I guess we'll have to watch that space isn't it? see what happens with all that AI technology.
1: Yes, so there are a lot of like a lot of useful things as well. Like uh, uh we can consider like in an ideal world where everything uh is getting automated and people have uh, people do not have to do anything. Uh they just have to focus on uh, like everything is done by machines where uh, uh, like yielding raw materials and uh, going to the construction site and building uh, the uh, building the uh, buildings, everything is done by robots and people don't have to do anything. This is ideal scenario what I'm talking about. Uh, people can, uh, like the government is getting enough uh, uh, minerals, enough, uh, ca- enough cash is flowing to serve the people and the people can, Literally focus on like thinking what they want to perceive. Like they can. Uh, oh, well, just to perceive... jump in. Uh,
0: sorry, joking. It's just to jump in. But what, I know you said it's, it can create a whole load of uh, jobs and it would you know it would serve the, the public really well. But won't it also create a high level unemployment because a lot of these jobs will be just simply taken over by machines?
1: Yeah, like in the past For example, while building a. Uh, uh consider i'll take a simple uh, uh metro construction work for this like uh while building a metro a metro uh, metro line uh in a city it will cause a lot of hassles like uh, people will not be able to commute uh across uh, the city that easily like uh, th- uh like before metro construction there there is to be a smooth flow but then uh after, um, but uh, during metro construction work there will be a lot of traffic there, there will be lot of uh, hindrances but look at the outcome of it like uh, when the metro construction is done, there will be no traffic on the road, like if people start using the metro uh, metro work regularly metro to work regularly then uh, people can go smoothly so this is the this is what i see in the uh, the machine learning ai field as well during the process of transition there might be losses of uh, work like people people who were doing uh, the same task like every day they will be losing jobs but in future when when we move to like they, the those kind of people will look out for new opportunities eventually but look at the uh, end goal where everything is automated and then uh, uh, when you don't uh, people don't have to work for the sake of working like uh, it is already b- done by the uh, uh, machines you just have to focus on the living and how, how to improvise things
0: how can you live if you're not making money via employment for example
1: so, uh, this is like I am. I have a thinking in my mind, like right, serious, ideal, scenario where, <laughs> uh, ideal scenario where ideal scenario where the world is completely uh, automated, um, uh, completely automated, and have to work. So this is the ideal scenario. So government to run um, to run the business, uh, to run the country, they need. Oh, oh, what do they need? They need more money. They need uh, raw, uh, min- uh, raw, minerals, raw resources, everything. So when these things have been done by the machines, we, uh, uh, should the pe- uh, and the government is able to offer to the people, like everyone, communist kind of thing.
0: Oh, can you explain that again? So I didn't quite catch that. I didn't, I didn't get that. So you said, um, you said the government has enough resources, et cetera, for everyone yeah then what
1: happens uh, yeah when uh, when the machines are doing work and gathering resources everything and they're able to do the transaction between the countries uh, using uh, the uh, they're able to do the transactions uh, trade the resources everything is uh, automated people uh, and government has enough money to take care of the people uh, do they do people have to work on the mundane tasks no right, they can just think about like how to improve the future more and more and more. This is very ideal scenario.
0: It's definitely interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting take on things, uh, Jagdish, uh, future politician by the sounds of it. Um, let's um, let's let's just end with uh, one final question surrounding. In the UK and maybe other countries in the world, they have started the um, development and soon release of uh, contact tracing app. Um, you know, to sort of uh, deal with these COVID flare ups in certain populations. W- what can you tell us about that uh, from a technical point of view and um, how is sort of any sciences of data science uh, work in the sort of development of that and the usage of it?
1: Yeah, like in current situation, uh, the contact tracing apps are like recently re, uh, required, like it is more required than ever because they need to identify the infected persons or if yeah, if the person has got in contact with the inf- in, in infected person. So, how uh, this is recently being achieved is like a... Uh, for example, uh, I'll take a, a, a situation in China where uh, they had ca- cameras across the streets. Uh, like everywhere in the town, they had uh, the ca- cameras in ev- each and every street. And uh, the, those cameras, uh, to, with those cameras, they used to um, uh, capture the uh, uh, capture the images and then analyze the images based on the image. Uh, uh, based on the analysis, they are able to detect uh, uh, the uh, person uh, uh, in the image, and then uh, a person next to him as well. They were they are able to. They are able to uh, uh, like. They are able to uh, see how uh, how like they they are able to put. They'll put all the information of this person uh, uh, at that particular point of time uh where he was everything and uh the they'll, uh, they'll, when uh when 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 a person gets when a person gets coronavirus the how do i say it like wait uh when the person gets coronavirus they'll check the check his database record like where and all he was and then at that particular time of time where was there any contact uh was there any person in that location everything so they they'll be they'll be able to correlate things and then uh, find out who 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 were in contact with him
0: yeah okay, but the um just just going back to the question the how does the um the sort of the te- techniques of data science get used in producing and utilizing an app such as this or is it not well I'm sure it is by the way you described earlier it's definitely using yeah. some of those principles. How does that actually influence it uh here like uh, for
1: uh for image detection it uses like uh, the cnn algorithm convolutional neural network where uh, it uh, extracts features like from an image it extracts a little uh, little little insights from all parts of the image and then it is tried it 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 tries to build a model uh and try to detect who is in the uh, who is in like there, there will be a, a cnn model already trained with the face detection and then when they when they when they get when they get this image uh, this image will be passed to the uh, uh, that uh, model and try to detect the face now, based on that face uh, uh, detected they'll have like they can detect the person name uh, in the storage uh, or, or like we, whether they have any records or not they can get information and then if if they get uh, in, uh, if they get any information from the database, they, they they'll they'll then uh, um, add uh, this information as well into that record. So after some this is a process process of storing data and after some days they get to know this person has coronavirus. So when they uh, when they pull his data there there will be information that this person is at this place at this point tough time so they will also try to get um, they'll try to pull data of persons who were at this place at that particular time time frame so they'll get a list of people who are uh, uh, who uh, who are present at this place at that particular point of time. And then they will be able, they will, they will be able to, they will be able to uh, trace all the people who would have come in contact with this person or the other person.
0: Uh, yeah, that's very interesting stuff. And yeah, like we said, they are rolling across the, I think different various countries. Um, you mentioned the image sort of uh, recognition uh, software. I think here in the UK, they're utilizing a Bluetooth to check proximity um, of people who are maybe symptomatic, et cetera. All right, well, Jagdish, we've taken plenty of your time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been really a insightful introduction to data science and how it's used in society. Um, yeah, any last thoughts from you before we let you go? Uh, data science
1: is a... data science is a fascinating field and i'm looking forward to like what it brings and how it changes the world
0: yeah most definitely uh,
1: man it is more really interesting uh, topic and uh, it is
0: yeah that's good yeah now like you are, you're at your spot and it's very interesting we've learned a lot from you today um i know you got to go now so thanks very much for your time and uh, thanks for everyone listening stay safe bye-bye